It can be difficult talking to your doctor about intimate body issues, for instance, a prolapse. So that's why we're here talking about it on this podcast. Today, we're chatting with Dr. Barbara Hostetler about prolapses, what they are, how common they are, and if they can be fixed. This is the Inspire Health podcast from Upland Hills Health. I'm your host, Caitlin White. So Dr. Hostetler, let's start with the basics. What is a prolapse? So prolapse, when it refers to gynecologic organs, because prolapse can occur to lots of organs or lots of things. But when we talk about it as a gynecologist, what we're talking about is when the support structures that keep the uterus in place and the walls of the vaginal canal under the bladder and over the rectum, when those support structures start to fail for a variety of reasons, then the uterus can start to fall. And in the worst case scenario, like what's called a complete prosedentia, the uterus actually comes out of the vaginal canal and can be completely expelled through the canal. So that's what that means. Dr. Hostetler, what causes this to happen? You know, that happens because of childbirth, because childbirth can cause damage to the support structures. It can happen because injury to the structures that support the vaginal canal and the, and the uterus. For instance, like a forceps delivery might cause an injury that later on presents as prolapse. And a lot of it has to do with the kind of connective tissue that people inherit. So if your mother had prolapse, you probably have a higher chance of having it yourself because you inherit the connective tissue that is part of those structures that keep things in their proper anatomic place. So that's what that means. And, you know, when people present with it, it's usually because they're having symptoms. Probably everybody who stands up in the course of their lifetime, I'm talking about women, and anybody who's had a baby vaginally or even by C-section has a little bit of prolapse just because of the effect of gravity as we age and the fact that structures just weaken as we age. And just because you have a little bit doesn't mean you need to do anything about it. You do something about it when you have symptoms that disrupt, you know, make you uncomfortable and or disrupt your daily activities of living. So, you know, that's usually when people come in to be seen. And when you say most women have some amount of prolapse, explain that a bit more. Well, I say, you know, probably every woman has a little bit only because just if you think about the structure of the pelvic floor, you know, women have an opening to allow for the delivery of, you know, babies. And that in and of itself is an inherent weakness of the floor because there's a there's an opening there. And so just the force of gravity on our bodies. I mean, just look at the way people's bodies change as they age. Gravity has an effect, and the pelvic floor is made up of muscles attached to bones, and our muscles weaken as we age. So those structures that keep things in their correct anatomic place weaken over time. What are some signs, Dr. Hostetler, when someone should come into the doctor's office? The kinds of symptoms that usually make people start thinking about what's wrong with me is they may have a sensation of pelvic pressure. They may have back pain that's achy and and gets worse 
that's a very classic symptom is, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I'm okay. But as the day goes by and I'm up about moving around and doing the things that I normally do in the course of the day, I start to get this sensation of pelvic pressure or I start to get this back pain that's very achy and very uncomfortable. Or they may have symptoms where they feel like they're not emptying their bladder adequately. And so they end up going to the bathroom or feel like they have to go to the bathroom frequently. And yet they may not have much urine that comes out because because the wall under the bladder has fallen down or prolapsed. They're not emptying efficiently. So they just get small amounts of urine, but they feel the sensation of the bladder being full and they have to go to the bathroom all the time. Or they may have trouble passing stool because the wall over the rectum has descended and there's not enough counter pressure to help stool move through the rectum. And so it kind of gets stuck in that area of prolapse and they may have to push vaginally to get the stool to come out. Or they may have a sensation, another one is, I feel like something's coming out. Or when I'm in the shower, I can feel something, something, I can feel something coming out between my legs. Those are probably the more classic presentations. But those sensations are a function of how, most of the time, they're a function of how much descent has happened because the structures are weakened. But there's a caveat to that because sometimes people have symptoms and they'll come into the office and you can't see a lot of prolapse. So there's not always, there's not always an exact correlation between what you see on exam and the patient's symptoms. So it could be that it's only visible, say, in the standing position. And when you examine a patient in the office, they're usually laying down. So you may not see it if you don't get them to stand up. And that certainly has happened to me several times in the office where the patient is, she's giving all the right history. She's seen her other doctors and they, you know, she makes, she feels like they think she's crazy. And then she comes in and we have her stand up and we do the exam in that situation. And sure enough, there it is. But people can have varying degrees of prolapse and have varying degrees of symptoms that may not exactly match what you might imagine in your head as the physician and what you're seeing on physical exam. But it's the symptoms that become really important in terms of making decisions about, should I treat this? And what other evaluation should I do to consider other explanations for why they may be having these symptoms? So it sounds like this is pretty uncomfortable, but is it painful? Yeah, it can be for some women, especially, you know, women who have profound prolapse, it can be really, really painful. It's not life-threatening, but it's very uncomfortable. And and for some women, absolutely painful. You kind of touched on my next question. You said prolapses aren't life-threatening, but are they dangerous? Well, you know, I'm not sure I'd use the word dangerous because that sounds scary to me. (laughs) But, you know, I've, I've occasionally seen prolapse that's bad enough to pinch off the urethra. And so it obstructs the bladder and they can't empty their bladder, so they may have to come in because somebody's got to get that out of the way so they can empty their bladder. That's pretty uncommon. But in general, no, it's not dangerous. It's not life-threatening. It's just really, really painful and uncomfortable depending on the level of prolapse. And it can be very, very disruptive of somebody trying to do their daily activities of living. So it's a very valid thing to be seen about and to be concerned about 
but I also think it's something that's, you know, kind of uncomfortable to talk about. It's not necessarily, it might feel like it's embarrassing to talk about, but, you know, that's what we do. That's what gynecologists do. That's what they take care of. That's what we're trained to do. And so it's not, to us, it's not something we want you to be embarrassed about. It's something that we want you to feel like, you know, we're the people who can help you with this. Please come and see us. It's because it's not your fault. It's not like it's something that you have control over. Certainly not everybody gets significant prolapse. Maybe 15 to 25 percent of women get a level of prolapse that affects their ability to get through the day. So it's not everybody. For those women who have significant symptoms, you know, there's something, we can do something about this. And that's kind of the message that you'd like, as a gynecologist, you'd like to get out there so they, they know, look, come see us. We'll help you with this. And don't be embarrassed because we see this all the time. It's part of what we do on a regular basis is to help people with these kinds of symptoms. It probably takes a lot for you to get uncomfortable talking about bodily things, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're probably right about that. You know, I think because of what we do, we're pretty comfortable talking about just about anything, you know? That's because that's our domain. That's what we were trained to do. And I think there are a lot of topics in women's health that, you know, are not necessarily comfortable for everybody to talk about or maybe all physicians to talk about. I mean, I'm not comfortable talking about gallbladder disease or, you know, hypercholesterolemia. That's not my area of expertise, but I know people I can get you to to help you with that. And, you know, hopefully your other physicians know that that's what we're here for, to help help their patients with this kind of a problem. When it comes to management, can a prolapse be considered completely fixed? Fixing it, you know, and fixing it 100% is probably not possible. But I think you can fix it close to 90% or certainly fix it enough or treat it enough that it doesn't become a problem on the day-to-day basis, okay? So, you know, there's a, there's a couple of different ways. There's surgery, but surgery is, you know, surgery is surgery. You know, it involves some risk and it involves some recovery and some hospitalization. And not everybody who's in their 60s and 70s and 80s, you know, is necessarily a good candidate for surgery because they may have other medical problems that increase their surgical risks for, say, cardiac issues or, you know, other issues. So there are, and and I'll talk, I can talk about surgery in more detail. So that's an option. And surgery can be pretty effective at treating it depending on, you know, maybe the level of experience of the surgeon or the level and the level of the prolapse. You know, for instance, complete prosodentia can be more challenging to fix than somebody who has moderate prolapse and your approach surgically might be different based on the level of the prolapse but there's still surgical options to to manage prolapse very effectively and treat all the symptoms depending on the person's the patient's circumstances and maybe their age and their other medical issues but there's also a non-medical way of treating it, and this is the one that a lot of people don't know about. A lot of people think, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to have surgery. There's a device called a pessary, and it's an old device. It's been around a long, long, long time. And it's, you know, as just the technology of medicine has evolved, pessaries have evolved, and they come in all kinds of shapes and sizes and blah, blah, blah. 
but they're a device that you can actually put in the vaginal canal and push things back into a more correct anatomic location. And when you do that, that's what improves the symptoms. Surgery does the same thing. It's an effort to correct the anatomic defect and put things back where they're supposed to be so that, that the, the system works better, the body functions in, in a more normal fashion. And so I, I think as a physician, you always have to consider all the differential diagnoses and that you've, you've kind of addressed everything before you make the decision to take a person to surgery. You want to make sure that you're, one, doing the right surgery, that you have it planned properly, and that what you do is going to address the issue that the patient has. So it gives people options, and it's always nice to be able to have an option for your patient so they can decide what is going to work best for them. Well, Dr. Hostetler, as a woman, it's pretty incredible how little I know about my own body and how it works. So this was really interesting. (laughs) Well, that's what podcasts are for, right? Uh, That's what I'm saying. Well, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. That was Dr. Barbara Hostetler and OBGYN with Upland Hills Health. You can learn more about your body, Dr. Hostetler, and the other three gynecologists on the Upland Hills Health OBGYN team in Dodgeville, Wisconsin, by visiting uplandhillshealth.org slash women's health. Be sure to check out our podcast library for other shows with topics that may interest you. And if you like this show, be sure to rate and share it on all your social channels. This has been the Inspire Health podcast from Upland Hills Health. I'm your host, Caitlin White. Thanks for joining us.